0: hello everybody this is captain cats and welcome to another special of captain cats and where we talk to artists from all walks and work pop all walks along and pop culture and today with me we are talking with the founder of people records sophia michael how are you doing today?
1: i'm good thank you so much for having me on the show today
0: captain Katz. Okay. all right pleasure's all mine so for uh readers and, and for the readers of the blog and also the listeners of the podcast can you talk about your record label
1: yeah so i run a small independent record label that focuses mostly on experimental and instrumental electronic music and we just release music from all sorts of artists around the world and we definitely try to focus on music by members of the lgbt community and women but of course we're also open to everybody and want to share music and help people get their more experimental sounds out there as much as possible make their dreams a reality
0: Oh, that's good to hear. All right. Um, so, and you guys are based down in Toronto, Canada, is that correct?
1: Yeah, so we're actually based out of my apartment in Toronto. Um, mm-hmm. Very DIY operation.
0: Okay, that, that's good. So is it just you running the whole show, or do you have any helpers? Or
1: uh, No, it's pretty much just me. So I handle all of the, I guess, quote, artist management intake. I do the whole blog and the whole website. I made it myself, and I run all the social media. So it's all me.
0: Okay, and Except how long? The music. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. So, how long have you been? Um, how long has Biblioteca Records been around for?
1: I started it in October 2017.
0: Ah, okay. And you yourself as a DJ yourself, like, what made you decide to start your own record label?
1: Yeah, so I was um, I was making music before, and like I still do. I just don't really record as much because I don't have a lot of time for it. But I was basically looking for a way to self-release a project without like going to another label and kind of adding that sort of legitimacy behind it. And at the time I was throwing events under the Biblioteca Banner as well. So our Biblioteca Productions. So I ended up just switching the whole idea and stopped doing events for a while and switched to just a record label. And I was like, this makes more sense for what I'm trying to do. And it can get me more involved with people. Without taking on the risks of like throwing events that may or may not be a flop.
0: No, okay, that's that's good. That's that's very good. Um, so from from then on, now like you've had other artists joining on the label. Is that correct?
1: Yeah, yeah. So definitely, the first year of the label was all about artist intake and getting new people on board and putting out music as much as I could and working with as many people as I could to boost the legitimacy of the label and just like grow. The collective, because mm-hmm. I do treat it like a family. I want everyone to know who each other are and interact with each other and listen to each other's music. And now mm-hmm. this year, I'm focusing more on good quality releases, and okay. I'm taking these a little bit slower. I think.
0: Okay, no, that's good to hear. That's good. And then um, just recently, I listened to um, Golden Gray's album that that you guys self published as well, Numbers. Um, how, did the, how, how long did that take you guys to um, publish that on vinyl?
1: Yeah, so it took a while. So I think Golden Grey joined the team back in January. But we had been talking since about November. So we've been developing, like, strategy plans. So in January, when he officially joined the team, we laid out a whole plan for what we wanted to do. And we knew we were going to release the, the single on vinyl because Mm -hmm. releasing a 12-inch on vinyl was pretty costly and because I'm funding the whole thing myself, it was just a bit cost prohibitive, especially vinyl, is just so expensive. Um, Golden Grey wasn't really interested in working with cassette, and obviously not CD because nobody's buying that. So we we did settle on a single from the album, which was one, and then we got a remix made of it to put on the B side of the seven-inch and we put that out and like, we put it out, I wanna say, in like end of April but I, we started planning for it, and I've been in touch with my label pressing plant since probably, like, February. Oh,
0: okay.
1: So it that's took a good. while to plan everything. Like, I had to send it to my mastering engineer to get it mastered for vinyl, of course. We had to get different artwork done for the vinyl. There's a lot of back-and-forth emails, putting it together and getting the whole package ready to send to the plant. But mm. we've, we got it done by deadline, so that's good. <laughs> and then, of course, vinyl takes about four weeks to print,
0: at least, so yeah so that's another month right there so yeah yeah so that's that's very busy very busy very very yeah, time and busy. Then we recently
1: oh. released his full ep as well not on vinyl just digital it's called numbers so mm-hmm. i mean obviously because the first song is called one um yeah. which was fitting for our a like our first vinyl release mm-hmm. and or in our first physical release in general and also for his single because we were for a while debating to to release three as a single and then we ultimately settled
0: on one and a remix okay oh that's oh that's good and you know like i it caught my attention caught my ear um thought it was something different good um i'm glad you like it. oh yeah pleasure's all mine um on top of that too like i noticed that you guys got other artists as well can you tell us a little bit about your uh, artists that you guys have your other artists
1: Yeah, we've got quite a few artists on board. Um, Definitely one that we're really proud of is Carter Fox. He is based in Philadelphia and he makes this really beautiful, ambient style instrumental music that's inspired by like space travel and just nature and the world in general. Carter's a very spiritual person so his music definitely reflects that. He's a touring bassist um, and he's just an amazing musician, a really good guy. And I really enjoy working with him. And his new album is going to be out, I want to say, in August. But so far, we've released one single from there. In addition to, obviously, his previous album from last year, uh, Epic. So his music is very powerful. I'm very into it. So that's an artist that I really like. You should check it out. His new single is going to be out June 24th. It's called Cave Diver. And you heard it here first because I have not made the official announcement yet. All right,
0: thanks.
1: Yeah, exclusive Exclusive Mm -hmm. information. And then we've also just recently onboarded some new artists. We've got Toronto-based electroacoustic artist Dame Cook, who makes very experimental style music. And she's going to be releasing an EP with us that's like a company with really interesting visuals. And then we've got Taja Nicole, who is based in Nashville. And she also is kind of a new voyage for us because we started branching more into music that also includes uh, vocals as well. And she is going to be releasing an EP with us as well, likely later in the summer. So I'm definitely excited to have her on board because her music is very different from what we have on the label. Um, definitely look her up on SoundCloud, Taja mm-hmm. Nicole. And she will be making this like R&B-inspired experimental electronica that's very, very different from what I mentioned, the like Carter Fox or Golden Grey. And I'm right. really excited to share it because she's very passionate about her work and it's super cool. And then of course we have all of our previous artists, like uh Three Hands for Milo, who's gonna be playing a show with us June thirteenth for a live hardware show and a few other people as well. But that's right. what's coming out for the future. We've got Taja Nicole, Dave Cook, Carter Fox. Mm-hmm. That
0: we're we'll that sounds focusing like... on right now. Oh no, that's good. It sounds like you got like a really strong lineup of artists and stuff like that coming yeah. out from you guys from the woodworks.
1: Yeah, there's definitely a lot of variety in the music that's going to be coming out, so I'm hoping that that will be, like, a something-for-everyone type of situation. Like Carter Fox for, like, studying music and relaxing and Taja Nicole for kind of rocking out a little bit. All right.
0: Well, that's good. Um And then let me get back to... Um, you look know, like our records. So, um, the one thing, um since I know it's based on Toronto, do you guys have a following over there? Do you guys have, like... People be like, hey, it's people who the records, you know. Hey, we know good stuff is coming out from them.
1: Yeah, I mean, I would hope so. I know that, like, people in the local scene have been really supportive of the label. And um, Toronto, even though it's a big city, it's still kind of got really small town vibes, which I like. So people are aware of us, I think. And, you know, we do our best. But at the same time, like, we're still pretty new to the scene. And our artists are very experimental and a bit left of center. So I don't know if we have, like, a huge following yet. But we definitely have people who recognize us and know us and like people who are aware of the stuff that we put out and do support us. Like they'll come out to our events and they'll purchase our records. So I have seen a good amount of support from the Toronto scene, but I've also seen a a decent amount of support from the UK. Like I shipped quite a few records um, of Golden Grains 7-inch when it came out over to UK, which was really exciting that it got so far across the pod.
0: Nice. That's very good. Congratulations on that.
1: Yeah, thank you. It felt really cool so just to just be mailing these all around the world.
0: <laughs> That's good. All right, so let's let's talk about you for a moment. So, um, since you know, um, you own the, you own a record label and all of that, and you are an inspiring DJ, um, have you are you ever going to decide to release some of your material anytime soon, or?
1: I mean, I just- have. I have music out there, but it's pretty old. I'm not super into it anymore, so maybe I'll just take it off. Um, Mm. I'm definitely planning on releasing more music in the next year or so, but it's not a priority for me right now. Okay. Um, Because I make a lot of hardware music with modular synths, so a lot of it I actually just don't even end up recording because it's all very improvised. So I play shows, but I don't um, necessarily record the music, but I'm thinking that I should start and maybe put out some of my own tunes on the label and you know take advantage of the platform
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's good you know it's you know it's always good to self-promote yourself too as well you know
1: yeah definitely
0: yeah and then also on top of that um i noticed too that uh earlier this week you published something can you talk about that
1: yeah i wrote a piece for extra it's a Canadian based like LGBT newspaper about my partner. They have a series called love like mine and uh, My partner and I've been together for about I want to say like two and a half years now and like I just really love her and we have a good time So I wanted to write a little Just a little piece about how I felt about her and how we met it was it went through a lot of edits But I think it ultimately came out pretty good Um, I got a lot of positive response about it like my partner see I tweet about her all the time but I only refer to her as C just online. So I think my Twitter followers are always like, oh, who's C? And then I, in mm-hmm. the um, piece, I think I got to get give them a chance to get to know her a little bit more. Because she's not really on Twitter, which is where mm-hmm. I'm mostly on. So it was a good way for people to know a little bit more about our relationship. Maybe humanize her a bit more. Because then I, maybe some people were like, is she even real? <laughs> <laughs> so it was, it was like a nice... Um, piece that i wrote it was very like emotional i definitely cried
0: yeah like you know, i've read it i i was touched i thought it was beautiful it was a beautiful article it was really it came from the heart it, it sounded like it came from the heart when i read it and you know i just wanted to say congratulations on that i thought that was wonderful thank um, you you're welcome um do you do any other side pieces of uh, journalism or article writing outside of Biblioteca uh, records
1: yeah, I mean, I definitely freelance write because I studied journalism in college. Like That's my degree. And um, so I've been writing freelance music stuff for a long time. I recently started writing reviews about electronic music for Toronto-based newspaper Exclaim, which I'm really excited about because I've been reading it for a long time. I wrote some pieces for MixMag about like pop culture and diversity. I write for Vinyl Me Please sometimes. So I do kind of like to spread around i used to write for vice and thump back when they still had that electronic channel on their mm-hmm. website so yeah i mean i write when i can um and when i want i generally try to write my own ideas if possible but of course like there's sometimes mm-hmm. things happen on assignment but usually i just reach out to my editor with like an idea like for finally please i wrote a little intro piece about modular synthesizers and kind of how to get into it and accessible ways to play around with it online without investing like thousands of dollars into a kit if you might not have it because some people may know it's a very expensive expensive hobby
0: oh yes it is it is um i know for a fact there was a band in the 90s that um did the entire album around that Um, it was very experimental it was very good but they talked about how expensive it was
1: yeah like I have friends who are older, like they're in their seventies, and they've been doing like electronic music for a really long time. And like, I just—it's always been expensive. It's never been like an affordable hobby, um, mm-hmm. which I think is what turns a lot of people off from it. That it's very cost prohibitive. But, like as I said in my article for vinyl, please, like there's now a lot of things that you can do online with it. Like there's like fake. Kind of modular generators, so you can play around and make the music online without having to buy all this gear if you can't afford it right away. And then you can also plan your kit out, so you can make strategic purchases instead of spending like you know five hundred dollars on a module that you would later find out find out is not for your type of sound.
0: Mm-hmm yeah it's it's investment it's very much an investment
1: yeah definitely like it's it's a hefty price tag but if you really want to do it like it's a really fun hobby too
0: yeah 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 it does sound like it like i dabbled into music a little bit myself a long time ago i haven't got back into it because i've been so busy myself personally but yeah um it's expensive yeah (laughs) i mean music
1: in general is expensive.
0: Yeah. Uh it's crazy. So um the next couple questions are, are basically about the Toronto scene of music. So um if it's alright with you of course.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Okay. So right now in Toronto and when I was listening to Golden Gray, um there's something different up there. And it's like mostly like the music and everything that sounds a little bit different up there. It sounds fresh sounds unique it's not like what's being played on the radios here in the united states where i'm at what's going on are you guys doing your own type of music revolution up there your own type of (laughs) something because you know it's it's 2019 music like music here in the us almost sounds identical to one another and then i hear you guys and i hear your music and it's like, oh, hey, wow, this is different. I like this, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So, Carter... Oh, not Carter Fox, sorry. Um. Golden Grey is actually from Edmonton, which mm. is also an amazing music scene. My good friend, uh, Noel John, known as 100 Million Thousand, he's also from Edmonton, but he lived in uh, Toronto for a while, and he makes really amazing music, so definitely somebody I want to give a shout-out to. Toronto's music scene is like i want to say like really pop in for the last few years like people are really coming into their own there's a lot of like really cool collectives here that just promote diversity and inclusiveness and really just good music and of course there's a lot of parties happening here right now too where people are sharing their friends music and people are playing around with different types of sounds like i think toronto's really on the spotlight lately and i I think there's some really cool things coming out of it like I'm a big big fan of Koreatown Acid who is based Mm -hmm. in Toronto and she is a live hardware artist who makes just really cool instrumental music that's electronic and avant-garde and very next level and I'm a huge fan of hers and she's a really really talented musician and a really just nice person in general. So also somebody I want to promote, I had her play at my, um, the grandma secret spices live hardware went event that I do. I did one in March and she played at the first one. She was just recently at obey convention in Halifax and she's just all over the place now. She's really popping off.
0: Nah, that's and, good.
1: And, and people are very like receptive to, I think something different now, which we might not always see in North America like a support for avant garde music. Like, it's very niche, I think, the, mm-hmm. the scene for electronic music and instrumental stuff in general. Like, it's very, um, like, a subsect. Even like EDM, mainstream EDM, you know, mm-hmm. it's like a core group of fans as opposed to like everybody's out here listening to EDM. Mm-hmm. So, I found that Toronto really is liking to support each other. Um, which I like, you know, I think, I think we're support, even if we don't always like each other's music, we're supporting each other's hustle. Mm -hmm. And I've made a lot of like good friends online and supporters to the scene that are like really keen to even just like share and retweet stuff, even if there, it might not be their thing. Cause we're seeing that we're out here putting all in the work for our projects and we respect that about each other. Cause I mean, it really is just a city of like artists trying to
0: make a living right <laughs> right yeah so no so that's that's very awesome to hear and stuff like that um yeah and it, and it sounds like you guys are doing something up there that's like new fresh but mm-hmm. like, you know and and i and i think a lot of people are not paying attention to that
1: Yeah, I think, I mean, even though Toronto's, like, been put on the map by Drake and Mm -hmm. The Weeknd and, like, other bigger celebrities, and obviously, like, the Raptors and other sports things, I don't know what's happening, Um, stuff like that, there's still, like, a very tight, small scene that isn't always getting the most recognition, but there are still people from Toronto that are getting more global recognition, like, just John and and, uh, Dom Diaz, they're making big waves in the rap and Mm R&B community. Um yeah, I would say even Koreatown Acid's getting pretty decently international. Like she was just in Finland.
0: Oh, wow. and,
1: um, she was in Berlin in I want to say like February as well. Yeah, wow. So I mean it's really awesome to see people. And of course, um, Cindy Lee Ciel, she's a DJ who also produces, and her music's been getting international attention as well. She's making like really beautiful tech house. Like, um, it's even, like, genre-less, very fluid, beautiful music. That's, she's released a couple of physical EPs on different labels. She started her own label that's focused on Toronto music only. It's called Parallel Minds. And, um, like, she's also kind of helping put Toronto on the map, especially in the electronic music scene.
0: Uh, that, that's, that's very great. It, sounds, it really sounds like you guys are, like, a tight-knit community of musicians just trying to help each other out and support each other. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I feel like that too. I mean, it can be like almost too tightness sometimes, but I think that I think that ultimately everybody does their best to um, support each other as much as they can.
0: Yeah, that's good. That's good. So, uh, before we go, um, are there any other events or any other things that you got that people take records is going to be doing in the near future?
1: Yeah, so June 13th, um, I'm hosting another Grandma Secret Spices live hardware event. So
0: mm-hmm.
1: that's going to be really fun. We've got Three Hands for Milo, uh, Auto Tech, not Tech Auto myself performing a live set, and um, Allura Cruda. These mm-hmm. are all like really awesome Toronto artists, except for Three Hands for Milo, is currently based in Ottawa. Gonna be performing some really beautiful hardware live sets. I'm really excited. Of the show and i'm really excited to be doing a second one because i didn't even know if the first one is going to do that well and of course i have some new singles coming out so that's going to be like i said june 24th for carter fox's new single cave endeavor again exclusive first reveal here <laughs> and then Dang yeah it. starting july we've got dame cook stuff coming out and then definitely tajna nicole so yeah keep your eyes peeled because There's going to be a lot of really cool releases this summer, and I'm hoping that there's going to be something for everyone because there's so much diversity in the type of music that's coming out in the next few months, and I definitely hope that everybody finds something that they can share and talk about and listen and enjoy.
0: Nice. And then do you have anything you'd like to say to the listeners?
1: Um, Just thank you for listening and uh, keep supporting independent music. Um, You don't even have to buy And Honestly, like the easiest thing to do if you don't have money to support by buying stuff is to just share and retweet and help get the word out there. And that I myself, the artists and other people that, you know, that are doing small projects, they like, we appreciate it a lot more than, you know, so, you know, a retweet can go a long, long way. And remember, it doesn't cost you anything. All
0: okay. right. And do you have any, and do you have any, um, you know, if they want to find you on social media or be able to take up records on social media, where can they find you guys at?
1: Yeah, so we're on Facebook, Biblioteca Records. We're on Instagram, Biblioteca Records. We don't have Twitter, but you can follow me. It's Sophie Sucks, S-O-F-I-E-S-U-C-K-S. And we also Biblioteca Records on SoundCloud for just checking out all our music and our general website with our blog and all sorts of stuff. It's biblioteca.world.
0: All right. Thank you so much for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you so much for having me. This was really fun. You know, I love talking about myself, so. <laughs>
0: that's good all right well i hope you guys enjoyed i hope you guys enjoyed this special right here um we'll be back with our regular podcast uh later in the week and all that but until then um on behalf of sophia on behalf of sophia i'm captain cats i hope you guys have a very great week a wonderful weekend and take care thank you for having me